Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today we have a very special episode because Slam Ball is back. And Mason Gordon, who's on here right now, is the man who brought it back. So Mason, thank you so much for being on here. Thanks, Buster. I'm so happy to be able to get the news out about bringing Slam Ball back. We're back by popular demand, and uh, we can't wait to get this thing on TV, on ESPN, and in less than a month's time. So it, it's a dream come true. So I guess a starting point would be, out of all the things you could have put your time towards, why Slam Ball, and what made you think it, you had to be the person to bring it back? I had this dream. Uh, I had this dream that was recurring for a couple years about two athletes that kind of like flew into frame and then they collided and then they fell out of frame, and that was the whole dream. And I'd wake up and I'd be like, "What the hell is this? Why can't I get it out of my head?" And so I went into a little warehouse in East Los Angeles and I built a slam ball court out of spare parts. And I tried to get that thing that was in my head out of my head and into the real world. And that led to a national television deal that led to really incredible partnerships with some of the biggest media companies in the world. And 20 years later, we're live, we're bettable, we're engageable on ESPN, which I'm still pinching myself about. Uh, it's really spectacular. Slam ball is back, baby, and we're on the worldwide leader. I love it. So what, what's going to be different this time around? There's so much that's different. You know, slam ball being live for the first time, that was always the vision for slam ball, for it to be something that was live and immediate. Um, and what we did before, which millions and millions of people just absolutely loved, uh, it was a TV show. We would get everybody together and we would film all the games and then we release them uh, three months later, you know, adding all the graphics and, and getting the uh, broadcasters laid in and all that kind of stuff. It was a television show like Ninja Warrior. And that's no way to build a sport. If you want a sport, you need it to be immediate. And audiences always accepted slam ball as a real and authentic sport, which it was, but it wasn't a league. They, they accepted it as a league, but it wasn't a league. But now we're able to really put it in the right format that everybody always accepted it as. So that's really the difference is like, we're giving the people what they want. The hashtag bring back slam ball movement came about not because of anything we did, it's because Jason Tatum would post about it and post old highlights, uh, uh, Overtime Elite, Barstool Sports. These were all the people that just recognized how cool Slam Ball was and that the world's a better place with Slam Ball in it. So just the fact that 20-year-old highlights would go viral each and every week on all these massive platforms, uh, on social media, who's got no interest in something that's even, you know, a week old, much less 20 years old. I think it really said a lot. Uh, and then the hashtag Bring Back Slam Ball movement, uh, you know, gathered over half a billion views on that content uh, <laughs> over a couple year span. So that was really clear that now was the time to bring back Slam Ball in earnest. That's amazing. So I guess another question off of that is why, why did it fail in the first place if people loved it so much? Well, Slam Ball didn't fail. It was a television show. And when you're a television show, they, 
they measure you against like the 5,000th rerun of Law and Order. And right, right, if right. you can't deliver the same ratings, you're not going to continue. So we were this show that was bouncing around and different people saw value in it, but it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't a live, engageable, bettable sport. And now we are. So we th and we're on the absolute right platform with the absolute right partner. That that narrative just by itself is rocket fuel. Slam balls back and it's on ESPN. That is a yeah, that is a, a conversation in of it. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, and that that's really interesting. The uh, the way that the betting community has really rallied around Slamball as a really interesting IP because you know basketball and football wagerers they want action every single day, and there's this giant desert in the middle of the calendar where they don't get it, and right. so. You know, Slamball is really where basketball and football cultures collide. It's played by basketball and football background athletes on the same court in between basketball and football seasons. So you really don't have to squint that much to see the market opportunity for scale here. So uh, I guess you, you touched on a little bit there, but who are the athletes going to be? Who, who are like, you know, who's your dream star, you know, that would participate in this league. Well, what's fa fascinating is that our athletes come from major basketball and football NCAA programs. They're typically standout college players at the college level, and many of them played professionally overseas and in smaller professional leagues. And what's interesting about it is that Slamball attracts the hyperkinetic athlete. It attracts that athlete that's so over the top because in slam ball and in the air, athleticism rules, right? So you ever you have a favorite college team and there's that guy on your college team that's like the second guy off the bench that you're like, why isn't he playing more? That guy is the best athlete in a hundred mile radius. And he just for some reason isn't an apex basketball player. He's a slam ball player. Same thing on the football <laughs> gridiron, right? So right. we attract the most raw, incredible, explosive athletes into our game and their God-given athletic ability has undeniable entertainment and competitive applications. What would be if like in the NBA, a free throw line dunk or a full court shot is like the ultimate highlight reel? What is the ultimate highlight in slam ball? Is it like a full court dunk? I mean, I, I don't even know what's like physically possible. You would, you would know better. No, actually, you said the right thing, Buster. We have no idea what's humanly possible in slam ball because it's this giant vertical creative canvas that these players are painting on every day and creating new things. We've got guys doing 900 degree turn dunks. We've got guys <laughs> doing 1080 dunks. We've got 720 posters that have already happened in training camp flip dunks, all kinds of insane stuff. There's a dunk called the McNasty, which is three dunks in one, which is a 360 through the legs on the lean. And these kind of things are happening live in the game against the live defense. It's not a thing where you're an influencer that's like filming a hundred yep. different attempts and only putting the one up that you make, right? This is live and immediate, and these guys are really making incredible things happen. And they're really, I think people are really gonna be surprised how technically proficient these athletes are. They're all 
great shooters, great passers, great dribblers. They can do a lot of things out there on the floor. And I think you'll see a lot more balance of play than what you've seen in the past with slam ball. Interesting. Interesting. Now, in like uh, gymnastics, there's a benefit to being shorter. Would that be? Would that also be true in slam ball, or is the average height going to be similar to those pro sports? Our average height in camp is six foot five. We've got okay. guys that are five foot seven. We've got guys that are five foot seven. We've got guys that are six foot nine. That's a big spread, right? But you hit the nail on the head, Buster. The vision for slam ball has always been to take the uh, the gymnastic ability of a five foot five gymnast and put him in a six foot six small forward from Kansas. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You know, it's like the it's like the whole Russell Gra- Gladiator Russell Crow Gladiator thing, right? Like, are you not entertained? You've got. Uh, you've got a power forward from the University of Oklahoma lining up against a linebacker from Nebraska. I mean, that's that's a really good base for a sport. I think it's going to create a lot of curiosity. I think we're going to get a ton of tune-in. And when people find out that there's this really great strategic levels of slam ball, that's really the key. You know, UFC, a lot of people don't realize this, but when UFC was going through its growth phase, um, people used to boo when the fight went to the ground because they didn't understand anything other than punching and kicking. But once you got that information across that there was actual strategy going on on the ground, UFC took off like a rocket and took over the entire culture. So we think that there's, there's similar aspects to slam ball that people are going to be able to love. That's interesting. And it's still going to be a team format, though, like basketball or football, right? There's, there's not going to be guys yeah. around. So how, what, are, what, what is that team structure going to look like? Yeah, the league is comprised of eight teams. Uh, the game is played four by four, hockey-style substitutions on the fly. There's a dedicated defensive player called a stopper that's kind of like a goalie in hockey whose job is to defend the rim, but he can elect to go empty net and come up the floor and put more pressure on the offensive side of the ball uh, or, or the offensive side of the court. So. It, you know the whole the whole court. You can see over my shoulder. The whole court is surrounded by hockey glass. It contains all the action. It's physical. You can hit people. Um, and and we've found that basketball and football players are the apex athletes for this uh, so far. You know we've had a lot of different background players show up, but the basketball and football guys really kind of have kind of taken the lead. And our training camp now is about half basketball players, half football players, and. That's the eternal argument, right, is who are the better athletes, basketball or football guys. And they're arguing in camp and trying to solve that, solve that, uh, that argument right here in slam ball playing on the same floor. That's pretty fun. What are, um, <laughs> what are the guys going to be wearing uh, in terms of, like, protection and all of that? Because this is no ordinary sport, obviously. Absolutely. We take our... You know, player safety protocols incredibly seriously. Guys wear uh, elbow pads, knee pads. They have a specific uh, custom helmet that we've built that's a a soft helmet uh, that protects you from any kind of uh, incidental contact around the rim or the backboard or anything like that. So 
the, the protective gear has been developed over two decades, so we feel really, really good about everything that we've done on that side uh, to ensure player safety. And, uh, you know, it's a sport. Uh, injuries are going to happen, but uh, we, we do everything that we can to protect our players and, and make sure that they have the best opportunity to perform at the highest level. Now, for the, for the betting odds, how are those odds figured out when these guys have never publicly played this, this sport before? How, how, does, uh, how does one go about figuring that out? Well, they have, we have a ton of historical data around how slam ball is played, including historical box scores going back to, you know, 2002. So that gives you some kind of data basis for the way that this stuff works. And then uh, the idea is that, uh, that uh, uh, odds makers would be able to watch uh, a week's worth of games and then be able to hang odds based on uh, the, the observations from that week. So uh, people can work off of really limited data sets now in a way that they couldn't in the past. So we're, we're very excited about that. We have some announcements coming on that side of things, but we've been really blown away, away by how much, how excited people are in the wagering community. I think in part because if you and I were to create a sport like full contact badminton or something like that, it would take a long time to convince people and get people to understand the sport. But in slam ball, you know what you're watching right away. And as you get more information, you get deeper and deeper into it. And then you think you have a betting edge. Um, and that, that, that gets kind of exciting. So w when you're able to see what, how people roll into the wagering platforms, you know, based on marketing dollars, you can really project a market powerfully in slam ball that you maybe couldn't with full contact badminton. I love it. So thinking, <laughs> you know, five, five, 10 years out, what would your dream for this league be, you know, in its live version? I mean, listen, I think we're the UFC of team sports, full stop. I really think if UFC could take uh, all the different pugilistic styles that nobody was particularly that interested in, like Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu and boxing and freestyle wrestling and blend it together into something that young audiences loved, I think we're doing the same thing with team sports, taking the best elements of basketball, football, hockey, video games, mixing it all together into something that people dig. It's fast, it's fun, it's focused on younger demos. And the reality is that people really love this thing. It's been living in people's social media feeds for a long time now. It's been going viral for a long time now. And now we get to do storytelling, Buster, which my co-founder, Mike Tolan, and I are really, really uh, have a great reputation at being able to do that at the highest level. So Mike Tolan's been with me since the very beginning in that warehouse, helped, helped, helped us get our first television deal. And now here we are 20 years later on ESPN. I mean, what a story, like w w what an incredible, thing and the fact that we're still so close and we we still love each other after all this time it's really incredible man i agree that's amazing well it's a testament to the both of you guys um, thanks but yeah man i just i can't wait to watch this thing it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun it's i don't know fun. i don't have a team yet how do people uh how do people at home you know decide who to root for 
We're actually announcing the teams tomorrow. We've got a release going out tomorrow announcing the team names and logos. And then we're going to be announcing the kits right after that. So I think you'll, I think people will be really excited. There's three legacy teams that are kind of carrying over from the previous iterations of Slam Ball. Teams that won world championships and have rivalries and things like that. And we have five brand new teams. Uh, and I got to tell you, some of these athletes have already started blowing minds over here. We've got a handful of guys that have already kind of separated from the pack, and these guys are the best athletes we've ever had in the Slam Ball program. So if you liked those, you know, highlights that you've seen in the past, wait till you get a load of these guys. Well, I think that's a perfect cliffhanger for this. So everybody, check out Slam Ball on ESPN. And uh, Mason, thanks so much for popping on here. Thanks, Buster. Really appreciate it. Come see us live. Vegas, July 21st, ESPN. Tune in, everybody. All right. See you guys later. Peace.